So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. I'm just excited to be here today, guys. I am so thankful that I found my love of my life. Not, well, I mean, I found two loves of my life. Let me just get this straight. I found my wife. My wife found me. Like, I got lucky. She saw a used car salesman, and I guess she saw a really rough diamond. I thought I was a lump of coal. But uh, she believed in me and she polished me with her words of wisdom and her songs of praise. And she always dusted me off when I when I failed and I made mistakes. And she would get me all happy again. And then she would kick me out the door and say, go get him, Tiger. And um, I'll always be, um, you know, I don't know, an admiration of my wife. Um, you know, she has been such a huge part of my success. And so I just want to take the time on this episode to... Give her that acknowledgement to, to really tell uh, my wife, Shelly, uh, hopefully she'll listen to this uh, this podcast, <laughs> and just to let her know that, um, you know, she is my why. And when it was me and her against the world before our kids, you know, she really, truly has believed in me. She's always believed in me. Um, in fact, more than I believed in myself at times. And uh, I truly believe that sometimes in life that you you have people that come into your lives that can change you for the better. And for me, that was my wife. That's what she's done for me, is make me want to be a better man, a better husband, better father. And so I'm internally grateful. No words could ever express the utter commitment and respect I have for this woman. So darling, if you're listening, um, I love you, I cherish you, and uh, I honor you forever and always. Thank you for, for picking me and, and doing life with me, because it's been an amazing ride. Guys, we are on episode 66. We are in the secret profit pillars. This is the last one, and this is the secrets to managing for profits, right? How to make fat money in deals that, you know, so you can like get some paydays. And honestly, this is this is a fun segment because um, this is where I get to give you some of my secret tips and tricks and things that I do that I know work, that, that I know that are successful, that I know that if you will do these things, you can really get a lot of juice that's worth the squeeze, right? You want it because, you know, in this thing, it really the profit is made Truly, like the real profit is made in the uh, operations, right? Operations is where you go to make money. 
And, um, you know, there's not a really a lot of things on there on, you know, how to operate or how to become a better operator or what you can do to be more successful in operating. And so I want to make sure that I give you guys a really good light and access. And I'm trying to pull up my PowerPoint over here on my other screen. Bear with me so I can I can give it to you, right? Because I, I have a lot of information that I've gathered. And I want to make sure that I do you a really good job with this information. So... The secrets to being a great operator. And really, now, here's the truth. I believe that this is not something you are going to do yourself, okay? Um, that most of the times, when, when I say you're a good operator, it means not that you're operating yourself. is that you actually know how to find a great management company. Because truly, I personally believe that we should be you shouldn't be managing your own properties. Like, how can you live a sunsets and palm trees life and lifestyle if you have a bunch of employees and peoples and systems? And, and maybe you want that, okay? Maybe that's what you want, but that's not what Corey wants, okay? Corey wants to be, you know, out on the beach hanging 10, right? Like, that's my ideal of, that's my sunsets and palm trees life, man. And, um, and when I look at, you know, growing my operation, if, if I can't grow it with third-party management, then I, I promise you I don't want to do this business because, like, that sounds like another damn job, J-O-B, where I have to go to work and I have to manage people and I have to deal with all the idiot things that, that come up with managing people. And I just don't think I'm cut out for it. I, I know I'm not. Right. I'm a true visionary. And when it comes to managing, like I can set the tone and provide vision. But when it comes to managing people, I'm impatient. I'm uh, I'm I'm probably an a-hole. Right. And I don't mean to be an a-hole, but my wife says I'm an a-hole sometimes. <laughs> right? um, and so I don't mean to be, but I just I think I get irritated sometimes because I, I it's really just not. It's not my genius zone, and I know this. And so why would I want to complicate my life? So, um, hey, guys, before we get into this episode, I, I do want to, um, I just moseyed on down to iTunes customer review lane. And lo and behold, if you ask, you shall receive. And so I love it when you guys take the time. Honestly, I really do. And go to iTunes to leave a review. It doesn't matter what the review is, good, bad, or ugly. Just tell me what you think. And so this one comes from Write Up, and it looks like it's Dean, Dean by Write Up. And so this says Over the last few days, I've listened to all 64 podcasts. Brother, you are in beast mode. <laughs> this is the most detailed multifamily education you will find on podcasts. Thanks, Corey, for the concise and direct information. Dean, brother, uh, right up. I'm not sure which one to call you, but you are welcome. And that is my goal when I when I do these podcasts. I truly just want to like come out and say, here it is, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, this business has a lot of ups and downs, but most people do like the fluffy education crap. And... That's all good and well, right? But I think most people really, really just have want to learn. So, and I think a lot of learning too is just by learning through some of my my mistakes. And 
And as I go through and I mature as a podcaster and I'm actively doing deals, um, I will tell you about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we still have a couple more case studies that we want to unpack. Um, but the next couple episodes after this one is just going to be some uh, some interviews, some interview styles. So I like doing a little bit of both. I like doing interviews with some other successful investors or students. And just so you guys can all see that it really happens. And then I also like to to come back and do these little these little segments. And we're going to have a couple more. Um, you know, I still I got two other deals that I want to unpack and do the good, bad, and the ugly of what went well, what went wrong. And, you know, so you guys can get you know, kind of a look underneath the hood. I think it's important to understand, like, if you're trying to learn this game and, you know, there's lots of information out there, you know, I just want to be as thorough as possible so you guys can get a really good understanding of it. So thank you again for the wonderful review. Again, I honestly, I do, I do like it, man. I, I mean, honestly, when, when someone takes the time, it means a lot. You take the time to actually go to the iTunes place and, and make a review like that. That's a lot of work. So um, I respect that. And, and I thank you. So thank you very, very much. And, and like here, here I am being so humble because honestly, I mean, I don't make this stuff up. I'm, I'm a pretty real guy. And, and I do, I write, I do look for these reviews and when I see them and it makes me smile. Right. And um, it tells me that I'm doing a good job. Um, also, if you guys would, uh, now we do have, a podcast Facebook page called the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. If there's anything that you guys would like to learn, um, I think I think it's a closed group. But if anybody that that goes in there, if they ask for permission to be in, we're gonna we're gonna grant access. But post in there anything that you'd like to uh, me to talk about because I'm all, I'm all about serving you guys. I want to make sure that you get. Um, tons of value in this thing and that that you are paying attention and that that I'm providing the things that you know that are important to you the listener the audience right because it wasn't for you guys um you know I wouldn't do this thing and our, our podcast is growing don't be afraid to share it don't be afraid to let other people know because this podcast is growing by leaps and bounds and I think it the reason is is for what what right up or Dean said is that it's true education, right? It's true education and it's authentic. And most people don't know how to be authentic. And uh, so the good thing about me is, guys, whether you meet me on the street or in my podcast or uh, wherever you meet me, you will say, gosh, Corey's the same guy. <laughs> and that's truth <laughs> because I don't know how to be anybody else. I only have one mask that I wear, and it's it's me. It's it's the Kahuna, right? <laughs> That's my mask, man. That persona is me. Me, Corey, and the Kahuna is the same, and that's how I live my life, and I love it that way because I I'm always who I am, right? And I'm gonna challenge you, challenge you today to be who you are. Be true to yourself. Don't ever. Don't ever make uh, be ashamed of it, and don't ever like um, shortcut who you are because you're special. I, I truly believe God has put you on this earth uh, to shine your light and to help others and to be a beacon. And so, uh, again, you know, when I talk about 
this thing, real estate, I believe no matter where you're at in life, you should teach what you know. Teach what you know, but also be a student to what you don't, right? Always have one down, hand down, pulling someone up, and have another hand up trying to get higher. That is truly how I try to live my life, and I've been very blessed because of it, right? So let's get into the uh, the secrets of being a great operator, Um my objectives today is really just kind of to let you know that, you know, I don't believe that you should self-manage properties. I, I strongly discourage it, by the way, okay? And what I want to go over a little bit in detail is really some do's and don'ts and, you know, how you should find, listen, questions, right? The questions that you should be asking management companies, because really, it's not about you managing um, properties, it's about you being able to select the right management company, right? And that really has to do with asking better questions on to those managers of like and put them in situational aspects. Also, you know, what kind of what should you uh, expect from a management company via, via communication reporting or accounting, right? Um, I want to go over what some of the typical fees are, and um, you know, again. I'm going to make a statement that why, why I think you should never do this, right? I think you should never be a property manager. Now, it'd be funny if I get, you know, five years down the road and I say, guess what? I got a management company. I don't, I don't think I will. I really don't think I will. I don't think how, how, no matter how many units I have, well, I'll never say never, but the thought of it makes me want to vomit, <laughs> right? The thought of it makes me want to vomit. And so, you know, maybe it makes it make you want to vomit too. <laughs> and then I really want to talk about how you put a deal together, right? I want to go over a little bit about partnerships and structures. This is a lot on this podcast, by the way. And how you should know your operating agreement. You have to know your operating agreement, I'm telling you. And, uh, you know, really just kind of try to put some light on best practices, overall deal structure, right? Because, um, you know... Self-managing is out. So I want to tell you a story real quickly about me trying to self-manage a property. And it did not go well. So this was my second property that I'd ever bought in Tucson, Arizona. And man, I thought that I was, I thought I was really good. Okay. And I bought a property that was a little bit smaller than I should have. And the numbers were a little tighter than, than they probably could have been. And I had a regional management company out of Atlanta manage a property in Tucson, Arizona. And But I, I thought, man, this is going to be a good property for Corey because worst case scenario, I live right down the road. And, and I was like, man, I'm going to will this property to succeed. I can check on it. I can see it. I can I can manage it and help it along. So I thought, okay, <clears throat> and I go and immediately after like the first three months, the management company that I, that's out of Atlanta is having issues. They're not being able to keep the right staff. They don't have the systems. They don't want to come out and train anybody because they're too far away. And what ha- what ends up happening is we just, it just kind of goes to crap, okay? It really does. And so then I have a great idea. 
pages. This went on for about eight months, by the way, this whole ordeal. Finally, after eight months, I'm like, man, I've had it. I'm going to let you go. And guess what? Corey Peterson is going to self-manage properties. Bad freaking idea. Bad idea. But I thought it was a great idea at the time, right? And I was like, man, I can will this thing to work. And I, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to grind it out. And so I went on for about six months, maybe seven months. And I learned how everybody can say they're working and they're not, how they can steal from you, how you can get a um, complaint, fair housing complaint, right? Because somebody said I was discriminating and, and then it cost me $10,000, even though we were not in the wrong. We even have it on film where he came in cussing at us and he wanted to say that I called him names and use racial slurs and and yet my manager you know this was a black person and my manager was black and then like there was nothing racial at all that came out of my mouth and um it's just but but it's people understanding the system and man it's crazy and so i'm just you know just to make it go away it's better to make it go away than to to, to sometimes to fight it, I didn't have even under any understanding on how to fight it and, and how, what my rights are. I just wanted to go away, right? Meanwhile, um, my ship's sinking. It's, it's, we're getting farther and farther. And, and what's really sad is I'm not paying my investors, okay? I'm not making them return. And so um, I finally hired the right management company. And you know why? As I started to learn how to ask better questions. And those questions is what I want to share with you here in a minute of really how you can how you can get a better management company because you've got to put them in situational aspects to really get the most out of it because most people don't do it. They don't ask the right questions and really you don't you don't get because everybody's going to tell you that they're good, right? Oh yeah, we're we're good. Like here's what we, we have processes. But until you can really ask them the detailed questions that make them, like, tell you the stories. And if they don't have stories, you know they're not good. Because if they don't have a fair housing story, then they've not been doing it long enough. Because, like, I only did it for eight, seven or eight months on my own. And I had, I've got stories. Oh, I've got stories, brother. So if they don't have really good stories, and really how they solved them and, 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 and things that happened to them in the past and the things that they did... To make sure those stories never happen again, right? That's what you're looking for, by the way, is that type of uh, process, right? So it truly is, I believe, is about asking better questions, right? And because what are you buying from a management company? The only thing that you're buying, I truly believe, is systems. And so when I hired the right management company and within three months, Really two, really two months, occupancy was fine, and we were making money again, just like that. I mean, just like that. But now it's two years down the road, and my investors are pissed, right? And so, uh, and by the way, so we sold that property, and half of those investors I'll never see again. I'll never, ever see them again. And the other half, I were, they were in other deals with me, and they, they just reinvested. But I'm telling you, the first people that was the first time, 
I'll never see them again. And I'm telling you, this is why I am super conservative now, because I will never forget having those calls every month, every quarter on, you know, why we're not there, right? Why we're not doing it. So also, uh, so, and I really want to talk about what I think. Um, now, everybody has a different management style. I'll tell you the style that I like is like, uh, here's what, here's what, well, let, let me tell you what style I don't like first. So a lot of uh, managers have like regional managers, right? Like, a, like an asset manager. And I call it a, the one-to-one because a lot of times that regional manager talks with your property manager. By the way, who was never, ever really hired or trained. They kind of do training, but it's really they train on their own uh, accord and there's things, but they don't really have like a location where they truly train. This is most management companies, right? Now, not all management companies are this way. I know my management company's not. But you have a one-to-one relationship where the manager only talks with the property manager. The asset manager only talks to the property manager. And when that happens and they're talking about a bunch of different things, property manager's talking about, hey, you know, here's the maintenance guy and this is what's going on. And what happens is there's lots of lost communications, lost communications, because it's like a one-to-one relationship. And really, you can't, you know, what you need is a straight vertical line with called the mothership is like the way I like to call it. That's your property management company. They should have vertical lines of different people in different situations, and they deal directly with your property that should be another vertical line with all the people in it, right? Your manager, your maintenance guy, your leasing agent, those are all, they're not behind the manager. They're all on the same line. And then there's communication that happens directly from the management company to the person that needs to hear it. I believe that's the best way, but most management companies are not layered that way. They have more of a regional uh, person or, or one-to-one. So it's really a one-to-one relationship and just things get lost and um, tone's not set and culture's not created and people don't feel important. And so people need to feel important, I believe, in order to be successful. And so we encourage and thrive that for our, our management team and, and it works really well. Okay. So it's it's all about asking better questions. So because we talked about it's systems what you're buying, right? So Here's my list of some sweet questions that you should be like asking management companies as you're interviewing them. Okay. And so I'm, I'm going to fire these off and, and then they're just going to be kind of here. They are what they are. Right. So the first one, you know, it's all about systems, right? So listen, how do you, how do they take tenants money? Right. How do they do ACH? Right. What's, what's the lease up process? Right. Is it written down, right? What's your lease up sales process, right? Is it written down? Uh, what's your training process? How do you train your employees exactly? Is it online? Is it offline? Is it both? Do they do they come into your uh, your main campus and train for a period of time? How do you get trained employees to get trained, right? Or do you already have pre-trained employees that come to take over a, a new property, right? Um, do you require your manager and your maintenance person to live on property or do you want them off property, right? What accounting systems do they use? Is it Yardy? Is it rent manager? 
Is it Appfolio? We use Appfolio for our properties. Okay. And then those are just some of the basics, right? And that you got to get out. And then what I really like to do is I say, tell me about a time. Tell me about a time. These are situational questions. And I love them, right? Tell me about a time that you had a fair housing complaint and it didn't go away quietly. What happened? Right? Tell me about a time that you got a pool that got flagged because uh, your maintenance guy failed to um, keep the proper chemicals. Tell me about a time you had an employee who stole money from you, right? Or stole property or stole, you know, maintenance tools. And how did you fix it, right? What's your policy now, right? Tell me about a time you got a property to 100% occupancy. How often does that happen, by the way, right? How many units do you currently manage? And how often do you get properties to 100%, right? You know, tell me about a time when you have a social uh, event and you create community, right? What was it that was special about it? Tell me about your make-ready process and how, what is your current turn policy? Meaning, when someone moves out, how quickly do you have that property turned and what's called rent-ready, right? Um, tell me about a time when you found drugs or you knew you had drugs at a property and how did you get rid of them, right? A drug element, right? Uh, tell me about a time when you had people in the breezeways that were just being a pain in the butt and, and what did you do to get them out of the breezeways, right? These are great, by the way. And let me, so can I, can I be honest here? These are all the problems that I had, okay? <laughs> let me tell you about a time that Corey Peterson was like, gosh, dang it. How do I get these people out of the breezeways, man? Jeez. <laughs> and so, you know, it's really about those types of questions, right? Really trying to get deep into a management company because, you know, you want them to understand, you want to understand their process, their um, adherence to processes and how well can they transfer those processes to the staff, to the people? Because believe it or not, we are in the people business and the people make the difference, right? And you got to have someone that's nice and kind, but also knows how to carry a stick, right? It's not afraid to use it, right? Sometimes you got to spanky, spanky the bad tenants and say, you can't do that. That's not our process. You can't live here. If you want to keep doing this, it's the same thing. You know, I live in a house where we have HOA rules and, you know, I got to obey my HOA rules. I don't always like them, especially when I have my, uh, you know, I want to clean my boat and it's about a two or three or day ordeal to really get it done. And normally my boat stays at the dock, but, you know, I want to power wash it and really clean it up. And I swear, I mean, I get a fine every time. And I just pay it, right, because I know that's the policy, but it, it irks me. But I understand why, because if everybody had their boats just staying out on the side, wouldn't be nice, right? So I get it, you know. And so you have the rule breakers out there. I'm a rule breaker. I don't break the law, but I sometimes break the rules. <laughs> and so I'm dealing with people like me all the time, 
on these properties, or at least my managers are dealing with people like me, pains in the butts, right? They don't listen. And but eventually they, they get on board, just like I get on board, right? I, I try not to do my boat. If I do, I do it on a weekend when they don't um, come and check on who's, you know, staying in the driveway at night or on the side of the road. So there's that. Um, so hopefully those are good questions for you guys, like some real good, honest questions that you should be asking management companies when you're interviewing them, right? You'll get you'll, you'll get a lot of that. You got to get a lot out of that. Um, the other thing is that I like, so now let's talk about some things to do to make money, right? So operations, because I believe when, when you're, you also should be asking these management companies, what do you think your number one uh, thing is to make, uh, to generate profit or money uh, at the property, right? And get their ideas. Tell them, tell and let them share with you what they think is good, okay? Now, I'll tell you some of the things that we do, right, when we uh, buy a property, and I talk about this a lot. I've talked about lighting a lot on this podcast, but I believe in lighting, okay? It is one of the most inexpensive things we do on a property, and it yields one of the biggest rewards or biggest feedbacks from our tenants, our tenant base. Because when we change the lights and put all these LED bright lights, we change out those old incandescent yellow lights, what happens immediately is the property is lit up really nice at night. And I'm telling you, people love that. They absolutely love it and cherish it. And they'll come and let you know. And when you get your tenants to start feeling proud about the community, because what I see a lot of times is someone put a stupid banner. This is under new management. And no one gives a rip about under new management, right? No one cares. Uh, your tenants sure as hell don't care most of the time. But they will care if you change the light bulbs. See, that's the better way to do it. Forget about putting a sign on the stupid side of a building. Just go change the light bulbs and people will know there's a new sheriff in town. Because that says, hey, we're changing some things, right? So that is one of the biggest bangs for the buck because it gets your tenants talking. And it creates some excitement of, wow, there's a new management company in town and they're improving the property. Because typically we're going to improve properties when we buy them. And we want the word to get out. Okay. By the way, we're never in a hurry when we're doing our repairs. We're always patient. We don't want it to look like a construction zone. We want it to, um, we wanted them to look like we're always doing something on the property. Always. Continuing just the process. Always making it a little better. Always making it a little bit nicer. That's how we make money at the property. Okay? So you raise rents, by the way. Okay, so one of my other favorite little things to do is, um, is to take the plugins and put in the USB plugins. And I put those USB plugins in the kitchens and in the bedrooms. Okay. Again, this is a low, low cost item that I'm telling you yields big, big bucks. Okay. And this is something we should do on every turn when someone moves out and you're going to put a new tenant in, change these deals and start doing them for your other tenants as well. Right. I mean, we just like to have a policy of let's start just uh, turning this building. And, and giving your current tenants these outlets. They'll like it. They'll love it. They'll love it. Everybody has power problems nowadays, right? We have all our devices. They're all connected, and they all need juice, right? So those you those little uh, plug-ins with, that have the USB ports into them, they're golden. 
And even new property. I mean, I've got a property that's 2008 built. I didn't have them. I had to add them, right? And so that's a nice little touch, right? And it really makes a big, big deal. And if you get your leasing agent to point it out to people, I'm telling you that's a big deal. It's a big deal for people. Because in these older 70s and 80s buildings, typically the, the properties that we buy, it's not going on. So it's really a nice little aha. Told so, right? So that's my second little biggest tip to like doing little things that make a lot of, uh, get, a, get a lot of juice, okay? The other thing is installing microwaves, right? Whether it's the ones that are go above the, because uh, they make some really uh, small ones, real tight ones so when you have a small space above the uh, stove and you don't have a lot of room, it's not a raised cabinet a lot. You buy the real skinny microwave that you can put underneath there and it still works, right? But it's a microwave. And because you got a microwave, you can usually get another 20 bucks with having a microwave, right? Super, super easy. It's a way to make money. And those microwaves cost nothing. So for 20 bucks after a full year, you've you've paid off the microwave and made money, right? So that's that's a that's an easy, easy, easy fix. And people love it. To have a microwave above their stove. That's what most people have in their house. So if you can make it look like people's houses, dude, you get to win. Okay. The other thing is keep everything standard and get rid of all the old looking face plates and switch covers, switch plates. If they're yellow or the ivory color, if they're not white, they've got to go. Everybody uses white nowadays. Okay. You want two-tone paint. And most people are afraid to use paint and, like, do the plugins. And, again, this is one of the cheapest turns, in my opinion, that make the most value. Because once you when you want to raise rents, if your property looks clean, because I see so many times I go into these older buildings, and, like, it's like the handyman hack job of all paint jobs, where all the paint's over all the face plates, and it's just mucked, and... There's probably like six layers of, of paint in that one spot, and it's like you got to muck it off. And it's like, what in the hell is going on? And so all you got to do is just take it away, replace the, the faceplates are cheap. Even the plugins in itself, if they're not white as well, replace those. Those are cheap. And if you do that and make it uniform, and that's what people want, right? They want... It's, these are really low-cost items to make you appear very um, modern, very modern. And people like to, to live in modern-looking places, and it doesn't take a whole lot to make it look better. And just most operators are afraid to do it. They want to do, like, the cheapest handyman hack job. And that's not how you manage up the ladder. It's how you manage down to um, scarcity. And we want to in, keep improving our product and getting better tenants and better rents. And we do that by just trying to move the needle a little bit. You don't have to move it a lot, but just make it look nice and clean instead of old and mucky. And really, that that is the secret to making money in the apartment um, business. Now, let's talk about reporting, okay? You have to get financial reports from your management company. And it, it should come every month. And it should be on time. Like, this is one of the questions you're going to ask your management company is, 
How often do I get my reports? What reports do I get? And when do they come? When do you guys close the books and send me my financials? And this should be complete financials with not only your bank statements, um, but an income statement, um, your cash flow, your uh, your, your uh, uh, trial balances, your ledgers. I mean, it should have everything in there. There's no reason for that for you not to have a complete set of financials. And if you don't have them, then you should fire that management company immediately. Okay, they are not doing you any favors, and you have to have it. You also um, sometimes, like when I first take over a property, I like weekly reports, right? And saying, hey, here, you know, what kind of traffic are we getting? What's it looking like? I, I like weekly reports. I don't need them so much anymore. I've got a great management company. But when I was first starting, I'm like, can I get the weekly reports that are turned in from the managers? Can you send those to me? Right? And then, you know, what's what happens if I see some? If I go to the property, can I ever call in? Right? Can I, you know, who do I call and talk to when I have questions about the reports or what's going on in the financials? And how soon do I get a return call back if you don't answer? Right? These are good questions to make sure that you ask, right? And again, you I would truly believe that you should never be managing properties. Right? Can I say that again? You just shouldn't. You're better off that way. It's better for you. It's better for life. Okay. Now, what does a typical management company cost you, right? In in fees, right? I will say that it ranges between 3% to 6%, right? Sometimes, like I know a lot of management companies that charge 4%, which I believe is a really good standard. And then they'll say, but then there's a fee for this, fee for that, fee for that. I personally get charged 6% and I get no other fees for anything, right? And I, I like that. I like that better personally. Um, but I've done it also the other way where I've, you know, 4% and then like a, a bookkeeping fee and some other couple fees and, and it, you know, it all averages out to be about the same damn money, right? But 6% of collected, collected monies, by the way, collected monies, not I wish I had money in the bank or it's just collected, okay? That's how they should get paid. Um, and you want to make sure that they actually do that job, okay? And, and really, you know, it, it, I don't think this part of what we do, it doesn't get any harder. I could spend hours and hours talking about a lots of different things. I've been already on this thing for almost 40 minutes. Gosh, it goes so fast. Man, my podcast goes so fast. But, you know, there's there's lots of ways to make money in the apartment space. But I truly believe with management companies, with management, and this is spend your time, spend a whole lot of time finding your team, developing your team and understanding. And really, I believe you should do it in a region. Find regions first, and then you maybe can find a national company. But if you'll focus on a investing in a region first and start there, I think that's a great place to, to go is, you know, and find three or four states together and say, hey, this is this is where I want to operate and who can handle that in this area. And then go from there and then really start interviewing everybody that you, everybody that you can find, ask for referrals, ask other properties who they use, right? If you don't know management companies, call apartments and ask them who the management company is. Really, those, they'll share that, then Google that. And start getting, you know, and look for the A properties. Ask for the, you know, look for the B properties. And look for the C properties. And then interview everybody. 
and spend the time to do this. And when you get your management team squared away, you'll feel really good about yourself because they are going to do most of the heavy lift in this business. And, you know, you're looking for their guidance. You're also asking them, you know, their costs per door. Like if, you, if you've if you got my underwriting calculator, you want to find out what their operating cost per door is, right? Because they're going to let you know. A good management company will know their operating costs within their portfolio for a certain type of unit class, right? And use that as their guide. Don't use your numbers. Use their numbers. And so because that's what they're used to doing. And then make sure your your stuff works on based on what they believe is possible. Because if they don't believe it's possible, then it won't it won't happen. Does that make sense? Because you got to believe it to achieve it, right? We talked about I talk about this almost in every podcast at the end. And your management, it's it's the same way with your management company, same thing with your leasing people. They have to believe that they can get $450 in rent to get $450 in rent. If they don't believe it, then guess what? They're right. So that's how it goes, guys. So you've got to be disciplined in that process. Okay. Guys, with that said, I'm gonna cut this one. I'm not cutting it short. I'm just gonna cut it to the end. Because tomorrow I'm actually going uh to Cozumel. I'm going to do a podcast while I'm in Cozumel. I'm going there with my son, Connor. It's going to be a father-son trip, and we're going to do scuba. He's going to get certified in scuba, and um, it's going to be an amazing. I'm really looking forward to spending some quality time just with me and my son, right? With that said, you know, if you are a dad, right, what are you doing with your kids today, tomorrow, right? And take some time out of your day. Love on them. Let them know how much they mean to you, right? Spend some quality time with them. You know, I've I've been putting off this trip. I've been meaning to do it for a couple of years now. And finally, I was like, man, I'm just going to book it. And I'm so excited to do this, right? I've got my team. They know they're not to contact me. I'm going to go off the grid for a little bit. And I'm just going to spend some quality time with my son doing something amazing. We're going to make some really good memories together. And dude, those memories, you only have so many summers, so many, uh, this is spring breaks, right? So many fall breaks with your kids, and then they're gone, right? And they grow up. Take the time to love on them and spend the time with them because they didn't. they never care about how much money you make. All they care about is the time you spent with them. Right. Take that. Have a wonderful day or evening or wherever you're at while you're listening to this podcast. And remember, and you've got to believe it, guys. You've got to believe it to achieve it. Tell yourself every morning that you're a money magnet, that money comes into your life and, and people want to invest with you. Start meditating on that. Believe in that process. And I'm telling you, when you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.